0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. You knew things were going to get a little dicey when the NFL got into bed with gambling. Uh, You just knew that things were going to start to rear their ugly heads. I didn't think it would become like this, and I didn't think it would happen so soon like this. But we have our first player who has been... Punished for gambling on NFL games, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season. At least the 2022 season. Right. For gambling on games in 2021, the NFL released a statement Monday announcing his suspension, saying that Ridley gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November 2021. When he was on the non-football injury list to address his mental health, Ridley stepped away from the football on Halloween saying he needed to get his personal life in order. Series of tweets Monday after the suspension was announced, Ridley said he bet $1,500 in total and that, quote, I don't have a gambling problem. He also tweeted that he couldn't even watch football at the time he made the bets. He added that he's just going to, quote, be more healthy when I come back, in that quote. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year, LOL. That last part. I'm getting one year, LOL. I agree that you have to suspend this guy. You have to send a message that you can't be betting on football games. But you also have to look at things for what they are. And I think you have to examine these kind of things on a case-by-case basis. If Ridley was playing in the game that he bet on Mm -hmm. and his team lost or even if he played well and he still bet on that game— I think it's a lot, lot, lot worse than the facts of this case, which are mm-hmm. he was on the non football related injury list or non injury related list. He was taking some time away from the game to get his mental health in order. He bet $1,500 on games in total while he was not playing, wasn't even on the active roster. And you get a one year suspension for that. I get that you don't want him to bet on games even when he's not on the mm-hmm. active roster. But what can he do to out, to affect the outcome of the game when he's sitting on his couch at home, not in any team meetings, not engaging in any of the football activities? And some people might say, well, just because he's on the non-active roster doesn't I mean he's not in the meetings and takes account of the game plans and stuff like that. Methinks stepping away for your mental health means you're stepping away from it all. Mm-hmm. You're not taking any football-related stuff in. Maybe a workout here or there, but... Other than that, I don't think you're in the facility at all. I don't think you're taking in meetings. I don't think you're active in the game planning. I think you're legitimately—I need to take a step away from football in general to help me get my mind right.
1: Sure, and you and I were talking about this off-air, how it's okay to send a message, but— I think it's the wrong, It's a too harsh of a message. If, he suspended, if they suspended
0: a... him for four games, do you think it would be a different story for you?
1: I think it would just be okay. You know what? You, you you weren't supposed to do this.
0: Here is a punishment. Whatever. And you can build it up, too. Like You can be like, hey, Calvin, first time offense gambling on football. Four-game suspension. If you do it again, it's an eight-game suspension. If you mm-hmm. do it again, it's 12 games. And we just keep going up and up and up until we reach a full season. So here we
1: go. Ready for this? Ray Rice. We have that video footage of him and his fiance in the elevator. Two-game suspension initially. Adrian Peterson. We know that he was... Beat his kid with a sweet Beat his kid. 6 games. Greg Hardy beat Threw a the woman crab down on a out of a ton with guns beat on Beat the it. crab out of his girlfriend. 10 games of suspension reduced to 4 games. Ezekiel Elliott recently was caught hitting women, 6 game suspension. Kareem Hunt. The reason he got kicked off the Kansas City Chiefs. Also video footage of him beating up his fiance.
0: Eight-game suspension. Egregious crimes. Egregious, egregious crimes that should not only be met with suspensions, but should be met with jail time. I mean, just that's just a fact right there. When you really paint it in that picture, it makes what Calvin Ridley seem just not that important. I mean, yeah, you don't want people affecting the outcome of your games, but the suspension length for him compared to the suspension length for some of the guys that you just listed for what they did just puts on a billboard in giant sparkling lights, all the NFL cares about is its on field product. So off the field does not matter for here's, us.
1: Here's here's the harsh reality of it. I listed those five guys, right? Combined, they were suspended for no more than eight games total compared to what Calvin Ridley suspended. Sorry, now seven because there's a seventeen They were suspended for a combined twenty four games
0: and he has seventeen alone. I just People are going to think that I think that Calvin Ridley shouldn't be suspended, and that's not true. I think he should be suspended. I think he should be fined. I think you do need to make an example of him. But a four-game suspension isn't nothing. That's forfeiting almost a quarter of his paycheck for that season, or of his salary for the season. Like, That's a legitimate amount of money lost. And on top of him losing all that money, you could fine him a crap ton of money as well. Like, You can get the message across that you can't gamble on this sport if you're a player— with a four game suspension and say a half a million dollar fine. I mean, that is a really, really, really shit. Especially punishment. to someone as young as
1: Calvin Ridley. And doesn't have that NFL really. Yeah, half a million tier? dollars would really yeah.
0: cripple him as far as his money is concerned, but you shouldn't be gambling on games if you're a member of the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think that's a punishment that really fits the crime. Having him have to forfeit an entire season's worth of pay and an entire season's worth of play. Strikes me as a bit harsh, a bit harsh, a bit harsh in this scenario. And the other argument, the devil's advocate argument to me would be, well, you make it extremely harsh, you're definitely going to get people to stop gambling on sports if they are right now and they're playing in that sport. And I guess you're right. Like, I can't can't really argue with that. But do we need this message to be this aggressive when the NFL has shown in the past, like, a laundry list of things that... The message really loosely translates to you can commit crimes off the field and be suspended for less than doing something that's legal, not just off the field, but in our sport now, because we're in bed with a bunch of gambling companies and get suspended for longer. It's kind of the same vein as people who get tagged for marijuana nowadays. Josh Gordon had his career completely derailed because he's just a stoner and he likes to smoke weed. Martavis Bryant, same thing. Same thing. thing. Just could not get his career back on the track that it should be because Because he just likes to get high. He just likes to get high. And half the country, it's legal to get high now. Half the teams that play in the NFL play in a state where it's completely recreationally legal. And you're seeing punishments doled out for smoking marijuana. In the same vein as the punishments that you just laid out for beating women or beating people off the field, beating children. They're equal. So in the NFL's eyes, you can beat someone and smoke weed, and you'll get a four-game suspension for each. Yet they're saying if you gamble on the sport, you're out for the entire season. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. It's It's a bad punishment it doesn't. Which fit. Is the weird, punishment does not fit the crime. Which is
1: weird too, because if you have this relationship with gambling sites like FanDuel or or Foxbet or whatever, you would think that okay, well, I I don't want to tarnish my relationship with these betting sites. That's never gonna happen because we know the NFL or the NBA, hockey, baseball. There's no way that those relationships are gonna sour with those betting sites because they both make money off of it, but. Why would you even try to say I don't want my players doing this? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna use the biggest scare tactic I've had my I've had at my disposal on
0: this one guy Calvin Ridley to say you are not allowed to do this. Goodell released a statement saying, quote, there is nothing more fundamental to the NFL success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else employed in the league. Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football, and potentially undermine the reputations of your fellow players throughout the NFL. For decades, gambling on NFL games has been considered among the most significant violations of league policy, warranting the most substantial sanction. In your case, I acknowledge and commend you for your promptly reporting for an interview and for admitting your actions. That's the other thing. Ridley was cooperative. Mm-hmm. He showed up for the interview. He admitted that he did something wrong, and he still slapped the one-year ga- the one year suspension on him. Now, is there an appeal process coming? I don't know that. I have to imagine that there won't be one that will absolutely be granted for him and have the suspension reduced. I think he's done for the year. I don't think there's anything he can really do to wiggle know. his way off of this worm hook, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's much consistency or justice in this kind of a suspension, no. especially when and you, you know really, I, really paint the picture like you did of the NFL and the really, history of suspensions. The, the irony
1: here of Goodell's words, we have to protect the integrity of the game, the integrity of the league. What about the integrity of the players? Like, you're okay with these guys being stud players but off the field? Where does the integrity boundary stop there?
0: Now, this isn't the first time that a player has been suspended because of gambling in the NFL. In fact, most recently, Josh Shaw in 2019 was suspended. Uh, he was a defensive back for the Cardinals for betting on games. Uh, he was on IR in 2019, and when he went to Las Vegas casino, placed bets of an undisclosed amount on several sporting events. Uh, Shaw misunderstood a 2018 ruling that struck down a federal ban on sports betting. I uh, thought that it was fine for him to bet, and... He got suspended for that. You go back in time even more. Art Schlichter of 1983 Baltimore Colts was suspended for gambling. So here you go, Paul Hornung, a former NFL MVP in 1963, suspended for gambling. And Alex Karras, if you remember the guy who played Mongo in Blazing Saddles. You ever seen Blazing Saddles? I've not. He played Mongo in that movie. Really funny movie. Gene Wilder, uh, Mel Brooks movie, but... 1963, he suspended a full season for betting on football games. So it's not like this is without its its precedent. No,
1: but here's the issue. Other than the MVP, have you? Would you be able to say to a group of 100 NFL fans, could you tell me who these people
0: are? Well, that's not the issue. I thought you were going. With. Okay, here's my issue. Sure. 2019 was the most recent one. Paul Shaw. No don't know who that guy is. No idea. Was gambling really around the NFL legally as much in 2019? It I don't was, think so. It was not. 2020 and COVID was what really right. pushed them into having to grab right. all that money. I know it wasn't in the game in 1963 when those no. other guys got suspended. Surely not. There's a difference between Calvin Ridley and these other people. Mm-hmm. And the difference completely is legal. the league he's playing right. in is deeply in bed with gambling. But it's also deeply legal. legal. Eh, it's legal almost across this entire country. There's, I think there's fewer states where it's illegal now than there is yeah. that are it's completely legal. So, mm, I mean, it just... I get that you suspended these guys in the past for a year, but you weren't as in bed with gambling. And not just the NFL. The country as a whole wasn't as much in bed with gambling back then. I mean, in the 60s, it was illegal everywhere except for Las Vegas and Atlantic City. Like, you were really a pariah if you got gambling because it was 100% illegal. Now, it's becoming almost like a renaissance that's going to help pull America's economy back from its bootstraps because it's going to create a ton of revenue. It's creating so much money. So... I just don't see how people struggle to see the difference between what Ridley did and what people in the past have done and why there needs to be a little bit more of a laxing of the rule here when it comes to the suspension. If you get caught gambling on sports, you have to suspend the guy. You have to. It's just You can't just have it be the Wild West and, oh, sure, they're gambling, and who cares, it's legal. But a year is where I draw the line. I think that is a little bit too harsh for a (laughs) first-time offender. If you keep catching a guy over and over and over again gambling, not only can you suspend him a year, I'd start to toy with kicking him out of the league because he clearly isn't getting mm-hmm. the message and he's ruining the sport. But a first-time offense for a guy that's playing in a league that's extremely in bed with gambling, I'd suspend him for four games, I'd find him half a million dollars, and I'd move on from there. And I, if that message doesn't get across, then hey, that message doesn't get across, a million-dollar fine. And just keep racking it up for each time you keep repeating it until you get to a year, or you start saying, hey, I'm going to kick you out of the league? I'm kicking you out of the league. You can apply for reinstatement next year. If it's it's a repeat offender. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to have some sort of a buildup here. Maybe not even a repeat offender, but if it's –
1: because as you laid out, this is now, what, the only fifth or sixth time this has ever happened for the league? Fifth time. So you lay down the law here. You say either four games, 500,000, or eight games, a million, and you maybe do that once or twice or three more times, and you say, hey – our message is clearly not getting through to the players overall. So from now on, you know that we're taking this seriously. From now on, if you really want to try and, and get around this, and we catch you, then it's a full year suspension. Is that is that something that you would yeah, be on board I, I, with? Yeah, I think
0: that's exactly the way you have it. Doesn't have to the be the same guy.
1: It. As it can be for the league overall. Hey, we've only done this a couple of times in the past, but now we're telling you we know it's a lot more prevalent we're not going to tolerate it. So the first couple of guys, just because it's brand new, we'll let them get away with it, but they're going to be a hefty toll because of it. But after that, you know what the punishment is. So if you try try to get away with it, the punishment will fit the crime, and that will be a one-year suspension.
0: Now, the devil's advocate side of this is, of course, they're nipping it in the bud before it even starts. If you start at one year as the suspension point, I think they're using it as like a fear tactic, almost to scare players into yeah. saying, "Hey, you're gone for an entire right. year if you gamble." And I get that side of it, but don't you think there's enough fear in a four-game suspension and a five hundred thousand dollar fine? Like, don't you think that for the majority of the league, that's a pretty significant? Absolutely. Blow? Not I only mean, are you paying half a million dollars, you're losing probably more, more than half a million in salary because you're walking away from those four games. And you
1: know what I saw someone say on Twitter is, "In total, we had, we had mentioned that he." He being Calvin Ridley only put down fifteen hundred thousand dollars total in bets. So you find him five
0: hundred grand. That's a huge loss. He's gonna say to himself, "Was it worth it to spend fifteen hundred no. if I lose five hundred no. grand that I have to pay back?" And mm-hmm. I'm just losing probably over five hundred grand in general because I'm forfeiting four games worth of paychecks. So that's a really, really harsh punishment, and I think harsh enough for a guy who is a first-time offender. And it's again, it's not like. He was Pete Rose, where he was out there gambling like crazy for the entire season. He was dealing with mental health problems. He was on his couch, probably just decided, let's see what all the hype is about this. Let me throw some bets down, mm-hmm. see how it goes. He said he didn't even watch the games that he bet on. And just, I don't know. He's trying to distract himself from what's happening in his life. And Mentally, that's a good yeah. way to distract it. And it's a responsible bet. I mean, it's not like he's throwing Michael Jordan money out there where he's betting the farm. Like, $1,500 is very, very, very responsible. That's like you and me putting, like, a $50 bet in on something for a guy like Calvin Ridley. So, like, I don't see any ugliness in what he did other than it might affect the outcome of a game. But then you tell me he's not on the list of even active players and he wasn't even in the building when those games were being played. And I say... How does that really affect the outcome of the game, especially when the NFL comes out in their report and says, we found no evidence of tampering or him knowing that a game was going to turn out some certain way. And on the other side of the coin here, Calvin Ridley gets popped, gets suspended. Now, he admitted to it. It's a clear violation that you have proof of. He's gone for a year. There are allegations in the Brian Flores lawsuit of Stephen Ross paying or offering to pay him money to throw games. How is that any different? Don't you think that's worse? Also,
1: Calvin Ridley put down, again, $1,500 $1, total across on a, multiple multiple games.
0: Stephen Ross was willing to pay
1: $100,000
0: per Loss. Which is underpaying, by the way. I mean, if I was a head coach, I'd be like, you need to pay me a million per loss because I'm not getting another job in the NFL again if this happens and gets out. So he offered to underpay to Tank, mm-hmm. but that is— $100,000 per loss. Now, the difference is, of course, Calvin Ridley admitted to it, and there's it's proven. Stephen Ross will never admit to this, and I don't know if they right. are going to be able to prove it. I don't it. know if there's evidence out there that could prove it. But— Calvin Ridley, a guy on the non-injury-related list for mental health reasons, betting $1,500 across a couple of football games, is not going to have the same tangible effect on the outcome of a game as an owner offering a coach hundreds of thousands of dollars to purposefully tank and lose that football game. That legitimately is messing with the integrity of your game more Mm -hmm. so than Calvin Ridley. And maybe they are really investigating this hardcore but the cynical person in me is thinking, well, who does Roger Goodell in the NFL work for? Steven Ross and the owners. They're not going to go at this with the vigor that they probably went at Calvin Ridley with. So, I mean, Calvin Ridley is Calvin Ridley. Steven Ross is one of 32 guys who make decisions in this league. Absolutely. So I just worry that you're not going to see the same kind of aggressive, I don't want to say attack of <laughs> Stephen Ross, but investigation of yeah, what went down right. there. And I think that's a shame. how fast this Ridley thing turned out. Yeah, and I think that's a shame because I think, again, that is more conducive to affecting outcomes of games than someone who's not even on the active roster making a bet on a football game and multiple games. So it wasn't even games that he played for or a team that he mm-hmm. played for. So I don't know. The whole thing, kind of to wrap it up, just seems a bit hypocritical from the NFL to me. I agree. I think that they could— And I'll be fair to the NFL in this part— it is uncharted waters for them. Sure. They don't know what to do with gambling suspensions because, again, the previous four guys that got suspended for gambling, it was kind of easy for them because the is not in bed with any gambling. And it was legal or illegal. Illegal. Most, 2019 for Shaw, probably legal in most places, but for the other guys in the 80s and the 60s, illegal. For sure. And in 2019 for Shaw, NFL was not a major partner with DraftKings yeah. Sports. like. It is now a completely different ballgame, a completely different world. And part of me feels like they're operating their punishment out of that former world as opposed to the new world we live in where they're deep in bed with gambling. A couple other things to touch on around the NFL. The franchise tags are starting to fly. And the position that's getting all the franchise tags to start is that tight end position. Cleveland Browns offered David Njoku the franchise tag. Mm. The Miami Dolphins put the tag on Mike Gesicki, and just this morning, the Dallas Cowboys have decided Dalton to Schultz. tag Dalton Schultz. So, tight ends are out of the gate strong when it comes to that tag. Kind of what we talked about in a
1: previous episode. Teams are realizing how how advantageous having a good tight end can be to their team. And all three, of and those you guys, don't want to be the
0: team without a tight end. All three of those guys are cut from that modern day tight end. Sure, Gesicki and Joku, uh, Schultz—they're all. I'll catch five passes Mm -hmm. for 80 yards and a touchdown in a game. It's not a blocking guy. This is another receiver that can create mismatches with his size and his speed in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. So all three of these guys are the kind of guys you want to be on your team as a tight end, and I think all three teams, the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys were smart to put the tag on them because – did any of those three really strike you as oh they've established themselves as nope. great tight ends? You need has hero. splash plays, I think. Schultz, of... I think, is honestly the closest as far as. Really,
1: I think Gasecki is. I think Schultz is kind of more so of a product of DAC. I think Gasecki's just really good. He just doesn't ha- have as great of numbers as Schultz because but both of the I quarterback. think still need prove it years. Yeah, and for that's sure. why you tag them. Sure, you're
0: worth. You'll pay them. Again, tight ends don't get paid that much. So, yeah. the top five... I think unless I saw this tag was like $10 million.
1: Unless you're like Kittle that. or... And so, for those who don't know, the franchise tags, the worth comes from the average of what? The, the top, top five, five of I that believe. position? I think
0: that's what it is.
1: So, that should show you that $10 million on average for
0: that top position... It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot. I think Kelsey and Kidd'll do a lot of heavy lifting there too. Oh yeah. At, at the front. If you, end if it would be
1: three through five rather than one and two included, that is probably going down to like three million, four million, five million. But
0: yeah, it's it's advantageous because it's a position that's kind of cheap. Mm-hmm. And again, those guys that I listed in Joku, Giseki, and Schultz, they still haven't really established themselves to getting a two or three year deal. So you put the tag on them, don't have to worry about it for another season. Readdress things after this season, see how they play, see if they take that next leap forward. Gusecki and Schultz, I think, are on track to be really good tight ends in this league. I'm surprised that Anjoku's not better than he is. Because I think he's got everything do that you it think, takes to be a Kittle think, to be a Kelsey. Do you like, think it has to do with the guy throwing him the ball? Maybe, but... I also just don't see him being utilized in the offense that much. But when he do, it's almost like every time I watch a Browns game, he gets a big like fifteen twenty yard mm. catch. He's got every. He's maybe the most ripped tight end in the NFL. I mean, he really? is huge. I don't know that, but like, he's got great hands. He was a huge weapon at Miami in college, as far as a, a tight end is concerned. I, I feel like he's a guy that could explode onto the scene, and I think that's a reason why the Browns franchise tagged him is that. Mm. They have a feeling that this year might be that coming out party for him. So get him on the tag for this year. See if that happens. If it does work out a little if not, you might walk away from him and say, hey, he never realized his potential. But I think they have to look at the guy throwing him the ball, too, and take that into consideration when it comes to Njoku's development as far as a tight end is concerned. And it wasn't the only tight end last year. I mean, Austin Hooper is a pretty good tight end that took a lot of targets away from him as well. Maybe that's why.
1: Maybe – you don't see as much from Njoku just because they have two guys compared to Miami. It's just Gaseki and Dallas is just Schultz.
0: They have two guys, and they don't really have a quarterback that can use two guys. Right, exactly. And I think
1: it's more so the latter about the quarterback than it is having two tight ends. Because like I think men. you want two. Like,
0: I want Hooper. Sure, Hooper and Njoku course. sound great. I right?
1: mean, we were talking about the Steelers and their free agents uh, in a previous episode. We said... Sorry to Eric Ebron, but the Steelers have three tight ends, one for sure in Pat Frymouth, but Zach Gentry and Kevin Rader, pretty solid backups, especially when you have two solid backups with a 100% runaway number one guy.
0: Now, my final question of this episode here has to do with, and it's funny because the first episode we recorded today started with Rodgers, so we can kind of come back full circle here, but not with Rodgers. It has to do with Devontae Adams. Do you just sign him if you're the Packers, and say screw it, we'll force Rogers' hand, give him three years, I, give him I three have years, give that. him a big contract? I've been saying that for weeks. Just say, hey, guess what, Rogers? We re-signed Devonte Adams. Now the only thing is, is Adams and Rogers in constant communication? Would Adams get an offer and go right, run into his buddy Rogers That's and say this and Rogers tells him no. You would be a total a hole though if you're Rodgers if Adams is like, Hey, they offer me three years with like forty million guarantee and he was like, Don't take it. Just wait until Just we figure out where me. to go. You'd be a total bleep hole. Like, I mean,
1: what do you think Aaron
0: Rodgers is a good person? No. No. So I totally see him being able to take that, but that's what I would do if I was the Packers. I'd be all. You'd in. force the hand. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I, I bet their focus is on Rodgers. If I was the GM, I'd be like, screw Rodgers. I'm going hard into the paint on Devontae. I'm calling Devontae every day, I'm bringing him into meetings every day. We are bringing Adams back to well, Green Bay need because to know. guess what? If I bring Adams back, I bet Rodgers comes crawling What we
1: need to know is how much does that actually matter to Aaron Rodgers? Devontae? Yeah. I think it matters a lot. A lot? I think
0: it does. A lot, a lot. Because I think these guys are going, like, he's even said that he's really weary on making a decision until he finds out where Devontae ends up. So I think he's weighing that into his factor a lot. And I'm not saying you sign him in Green Bay. It's a lock. He's coming back because Rodgers still just might be petty. Tom Petty. And just be like, screw you, Green Bay. Even if you do have Adams, I'm going to Denver. I'll play with Judy. I don't need you. I'll throw the ball to A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Who cares? But I think you will make him be like, crap, they really forced my hand there. I thought I was going to get Adams out of there, and we were both going to go somewhere else, and now he's locked up in Green Bay. If I, I want to throw I, to him, i got to go back. Do you know
1: any time in any sport, really, maybe Gronk and the Patriots, but pa- Tom was there first, where it was pretty much a given, a given that – if one guy is somewhere that means the other guy will also be there
0: it's rare and hard to do in the nfl it's not like the nba like it's not like where that's you are that's a have, good point the nba
1: these, is kind of like that I mean, pretty like, much all the time there's now.
0: collusion all over the place in the nba and all they People say in the NBA, like most teams are formed and the on the All Star weekend of the year prior to that, because that's right. when they're all around each other. That's like, when they're hey, all texting. Know, like, Durant and, and, and Harden are yeah, yeah. together, and they're like, "Hey, Brooklyn's got a lot of cap space, and Kyrie's coming on." Like, you know what I mean? Like that's sure. when teams are made. So
1: other than the NBA, the, the, NFL, the NFL is just not
0: like that yeah. really. But I do think there's NBA-ish traits to the Adams Rogers situation. Yeah, I
1: absolutely, I think that is. But kinda... other than Adams Rogers, I don't really know. The last time I've
0: seen this, if ever, in the. NFL. Where it's like, I need to play with that guy. Uh-huh. Because usually it, it works out to being Brady's on the Patriots and secure long term. And he says, do not let Gronk go. I need to you play with You know what's Gronk. kind of weird? Is it wasn't
1: exclusively,
0: this guy's here, so I have to
1: play with him. But the Browns were kind of that team, right? Yeah. When it was Jarvis Landry and then Odell, they get Odell and then his buddy then to come Kareem in. Kareem Hunt joined. And then Judevion Clowney joined. Yeah. And then Josh Hill joined. I mean... They just got guided because it was just where everybody was going.
0: Yeah, the Browns were the example of a team that did that and failed. I'd say the Rams were an example of a team that did that and succeeded. Just grabbing as much talent as they possibly could. Icing on the cake being Odell Beckham Jr. Sure, absolutely, yeah. This season, so... Yeah, there is some more NBA ish qualities sneaking into the NFL, but it's still the NFL. You can't just completely build right. super teams. It just doesn't but work that way. It looks like that's what Rodgers and Adams are trying to do here. And we will wait with bated breath to see when that decision will be made. He said it could be at any time. So when we do our next Great. episode batch on Thursday this week, we might be talking about Rodgers in a new uniform Maybe. back in Green Bay. Maybe we're talking about him hosting Jeopardy. Who knows? But the Roger sweepstakes has this NFL world wrapped around its finger, and it will continue to do so until a decision is made. That'll do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Like I said, back again later this week with a fresh batch of episodes for y'all. Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. For Opperman. y'all. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Steelers Standard.